Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds today, talking with John. Johnny? I mean, Johnny. no Johnny. There's Johnny. Yep. It's Johnny. Uh, I like Johnny. Is that how we really spell it too? Johnny like that? Because that's unique. That is correct. That Johnny. Uh, it's Johnny because my brother's also Johnny, but with a Y, but you're John E with the E. Mullen, Director of Information Technology at Trenton Systems, which makes, we make boxes of uh, stuff with wires in it and things like that. Yeah, we make uh, secure servers and we, we provide it both for commercial and military. We've been working with the military probably the last three, four years now. We've really been involved with them because we're one of the only companies that makes everything U.S.-based. Uh, we make our awesome. boards, our BIOS, uh, our mm. boxes, and everything are U.S.-based. That's cool. And we, we didn't finish the Johnny comment, but I mean... <laughs> I, the fact that there's the fact that we've got secure and server in the same in the same sentence or line, I guess, is is fascinating to me. Are we talking like off the grid type stuff or like, I mean, you know, uh, some of us off the grid. Most of the military, a lot of the military guys I work with, like there has to be like complete off the grid type of like computer enclosed. Like, you know, there is no WAN, so to speak, even though there is a WAN, it's just not connected to the Internet. Yeah, mo most of ours is WAN. Uh, we don't do a lot of the, the stuff that's off right now. Uh, those are some of the projects we may be looking at down the line as we get more and more involved with the uh, the DoD. Mm. But uh, it, it's a it's a growing industry, and like I said, since we're 100% U.S. based, um, we've had the government come to us and said, "Hey, we didn't realize we had a company like this in Lawrenceville, Georgia, that can make these things for us." And mm. they've been really pushing us and we partner with Intel and uh, they've been helping us get in front of a lot of the, the primes that are looking for these things. Excellent. So we should be a U.S. And then now, if we just sell these overseas as well, we'll be a 100% U.S. based server maker selling equipment to we, we flip the script. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> we can flip the script. But the... What we are talking about, you know, prior to getting on, getting on is the typical, um, the, the typical thing that we all have in common as a, in, in IT leadership, which is trying to do a lot with a little and, and still move the company forward as a, as a business force. And what I, what I really love is that you have something that maybe a lot of people really, really, um, I don't know, would be enamored of or want, which is an executive branch of people that is really open to talking about security and, and, and potentially investing in security. Yes. It's um, that was one of the reasons I started here at Trenton is um, I've worked for companies that for face value, they say, yeah, we want to be secure, but then they provide absolutely nothing. And, you know, you say this is going to cost you some money and they're like, well, we haven't been attacked, so we're not going to do anything. It's just a uh, matter of, it's not a when. matter of if, it's a matter of when and how bad it's going to be. Where, What do you think is one of the areas that people should be investing in, but they're not? Like, where are they skimping on, I guess, so to speak? Well, a lot of it in terms of security is people. And one of the things that we really did here is we kind of focused on the people in terms of training. Uh, People don't realize that things are happening all the time. And it's just this simple email message that comes in that can affect the whole company as a whole. 
And mm. we've been doing a lot of training. Uh, when I started here, clicking on phishing attempts was about 30% of the company. Uh, we've pushed through training and actually for the last six months, I've been at 0%. So it felt really good. And with phishing attempts being about 80% of the attacks right there, just by doing training, we've cut down 80% of the uh, field that we can have to defend. I don't feel like we talk about phishing enough. I mean, I know we do. It's like, it just seems like a it's um we're always talking about pen testing and different things and just phishing is like yeah that's the obvious stuff but it really is always the people what was the number one phishing attack uh just so we can do it yeah I mean, just tell uh, people like hey the number one thing was like they're just trying to get our w2s or you're trying to get a you know whatever yeah they they go out and really what i'm seeing right now is the use of linkedin is they go out to a company and hmm. they find out who the ceo is uh, most people will have their company email addresses as the email address to use on uh, mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Well, now they have an idea of what the format is for emails. You know, if you come in and on LinkedIn and four people out of the company are last name, first initial. We hey, know we can just use it. that and email the president. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the number one thing that I see all the time it's things that look like they come from our CEO going to employees saying, Hey, I mm. need you to send me uh, cards. You know, I don't know how much, how often he uses all these Apple cards he requests. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I block probably three a day coming in to somebody saying, Hey, I'm in a meeting right now. Can you send me $50 or $100 worth of Apple cards? And uh, so, it's amazing what. So, what do they through. think is they're being used for, like tchotchkes or something, or like giveaways? I mean, like, what? Are, that, why would you know? I mean, that, that's amazing. usually what what most people think is. Oh, they've got you know a customer in. They just want to give the customer a fifty dollars gift certificate for coming into the building and and watching it. And you know, you you think of it as who's going to fall for that? You know, that yeah. That's from our standpoint, we think about like it's it's it. You could pull it off. I mean, I think you could pull it off if you're like, hey, look, we're we're running a sales contest. We're trying to give away uh, $10, $50 Amazon gift cards for any of our vendors that uh, bring in um, 10 more um, uh, secure-based uh, server boxes this month or something. I don't know, whatever yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we need those right away because I need to send them to our top five uh, partners or something like that. Yeah. And, and most of the time you you think, oh, yeah, this isn't right. But if you're busy and all of a sudden you look up and there's a message from the CEO saying, hey, I need this, and you're mm -hmm. not really paying attention to what's being said and, and think about, hey, would he really be asking me this? And okay, so this is like low life, this is like low life thieves. These are like like these are like little like these are like little small time things. What what are some of the worst ones that you've seen? Uh well, I, I remember early in my career getting the the I love you. Uh, oh yes, yeah. that was famous. Uh, that yes, was famous. And, and and that was you should a tell the story. What was that of. again? What was that again? That was super famous. Yeah, it's it basically was kind of a, a worm. But what would happen is an email would come in and it would say "I love you" and it would have a little attachment, and people would click on it thinking, "Oh, I'm getting 
you know, yeah, something somebody. from somebody. Yeah. Well, then what would happen is it would go through your contact list and send that I love you message to everybody in your contact list. <laughs> and so yeah. it just grew and grew. And <laughs> I remember when I walked in that day, um, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my email and all of a sudden I go from no emails to about 1500. I'm like, wait a minute, what, what, Ooh, what happened? Done it. Yeah. And everybody says they love me. And I'm, you know, as an IT director, I don't get that very often. So it's like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a big one, you know, early in my career. And they've gone now just to, you know, <laughs> ransomware is probably number one. Um, and I've, at this side, I haven't been hit by it, but with other companies, I have been. And the way they're doing it now, you know, used to be ransomware, they'd come in, they'd encrypt your data. That mm -hmm. would be it. You'd have to pay to get it unencrypted. If you had the good backups, you may be able to recover it without having to pay. Well, the ransomware. What's the best backup? Smart. What's the best backup? Just like a bare metal backup, like off, you know, offsite or something, or what? what, what yeah, would be like? I've actually I've, I've used several um, different beams, Acronis, and things like that. And mm -hmm. what I've done is I do a backup both on site and in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So that way I have coverage in both. Uh, because a lot of times with this ransomware, they'll hit your on-site. So just having on-site is not going to protect you against ransomware on some of the new ones. Mm -hmm. So having that off-site where I can recover has helped quite a bit. Um, we actually, with one company I worked for, we got hit by ransomware. And not only did they encrypt the files, but now they also download the data beforehand. So even if you don't pay and you're able to recover, they'll say, hey, we have your data and we're going to release it to the public unless you pay us. Um, yeah. you know, depending on the company, Pound sand. Pound yeah, sand. Get out of Depending on here. the company, that may be an issue. That may not be an issue. How are you um, going to know? They're going to, I mean, like, even if you pay them, like, how you know? Oh, yeah, I trust you're going to erase it. Yeah. Then you're going to come well, back five years from, hey, remember when we told you we're going to erase it? Well, anyway, really but didn't. believe it or not, and it's funny because that that's always the thing is, how do you know? Well, ransomware is now a business, and it's a big business. Mm. And in order to stay in business, you got to do what you say you're going to do, even if what you're doing is illegal. Yeah. So Look, we know you're a liar. That, well, trust me, we're trusted. We yeah. are a trusted ransomware business. If we say yeah. we're going <laughs> to, it's a business. And, and, and truthfully, that's kind of how they are. I'm, you know, how can you believe that a hundred percent? I have no clue, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a big issue. Um, but we're the most case, trusted robbers, robber yes, barons. you'll ever have. That is yes. correct. So, but yeah, the last time, uh, we got, with the ransomware, not only did they encrypt everything, but we were running um, Hyper-V. So they encrypted the virtual servers, and then they encrypted the data within the virtual servers. Hmm. So when you get the ransomware, it says, oh, you know, pay X amount, and we'll unencrypt it. So you pay that, they unencrypt it, you spin up your virtual servers, and guess what? All your data on the virtual servers itself has been encrypted. And now they come back and says, oh, well, you just paid us to unencrypt your servers. Now you have to pay us to unencrypt your data. Uh, so it was it, it was a, a wild scam. So, mm. uh, And mm. now my understanding is they're even the reaching out to them. 
Yeah, they're reaching out to employees so that if hey, you I'll don't pay you pay twice them, your salary, listen up. Yeah. I'll pay you twice. Go ahead, reaching out to well, employees and 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 yeah, oh, well, and, what they were doing is is if the company wasn't paying, they would call the employee and said, "Hey, we we stole your data, and we have your HR information. Your company's refusing to pay, so we're going to release your information so that they can try getting the employees to start." beating up on the, uh, the companies to pay. Hmm. So it, it I, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if they were reaching out to employees to get inside jobs. Like some of these, some of these ransomware attacks, like the Caesar's palace one, I was very, very skeptical of the Caesar's yeah, it, palace. one, I was like, let me get this straight. I was like, you're a casino. I was like, your job. Number one is to steal everyone's money. So right. isn't it ironic that now someone's stealing your money and now you're going to, you're going to file some insurance claim to get the money that you've stolen from everyone back. And then what's going to happen? The person that stole all the money's probably going to walk back into the casino and gamble it back in the casino again, because it was an inside job. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised so it comes back that. to you. If, yeah, if it, I disappear, by the way, if I disappear and um, the host of dissecting property <laughs> ID nerds is, is, is found dead, found dead and you're dead in Arizona. We know what happened. Yeah, he was whacked. <laughs> yeah. was, that's probably. Um, but yeah, the the inside job is interesting because I just read an article yesterday. One of the hospital systems here uh, locally, uh, I guess they were hacked. I think it was about a year, year and a half ago. And it turned out it was a security company that was trying to raise business of how good they could do it. And they actually broke in and caused it and then sent the hospital systems saying, hey, we can help you out on this. So it was a security company that actually put the virus on there and then contacted them to assist to taking it off. And how did that get found? By the other trusted security company that said, yeah. look, here's yeah. who you can really trust, which, but, but finish, finish that thought yeah. and we'll come back I, I to trust say, I, in a moment, which yeah, is, zero I don't know, really I don't know how they, yeah, it is zero trust, but yeah, I don't know how they caught them other than the fact that it was like perfect timing that this guy sent an email out right when they got hit saying, Hey, we can help you uh, recover from this. So I don't know if that's how they ended up starting tracking them that, hey, how did this person know that we were hacked within, you know, 30 minutes of happening? It's an interesting, con it's an interesting uh, concept. We have a security company. We've got all of our public facing employees. And then we've got our behind the scenes employees that are really just busy hacking everybody. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild actually. But that goes back to the, like the whole, like the, the, the whole Bill Gates thing, which again, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about. Um, if I, if I wind up dead on the, then, um, <laughs> it comes back to that whole, what was that in the nineties? When, when did he get taken to court in the nineties? And, you know, there was like the whole like monopolization thing with the whole, uh, you know, like the, where he, you know, he, he owned Microsoft, but, you know, could also be making the, the, the virus protection, but creating the viruses, but then also we're going to, we're going to make the browser at the same time. And it was just too big of a monopoly. And, uh, so he got, you know, he got attacked on that end, but. but <laughs> You literally could do that. No one would know. The general public, 90% of the general public would have no clue. Well, and that's your my point is is who do you know? Who can you trust? No. You know, how do I know that McAfee? I mean, I look at McAfee on my PCs right now. When they come in, everybody seems to put them in as a default protection. 
I don't know anything about McAfee. All I know is I can't get it off half the time. It seems to always come back again. But mm. it's like that, know, it's like my we, otter. It's my my otter box or whatever that I can't seem to get. Yeah. This won't stop recording everything in my life. It shows up to every meeting, and I've got to remove it. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if you follow John McAfee. He was uh, kind of out there. <laughs> so, who, so who's to say he wasn't creating stuff so he could say, "Hey, my my software resolves it." Um, we we have a guy we called Old Man Marley back at my Cisco startup days, and um, when I left a Starbucks years ago, I I I went to a how I got into technology, which I knew nothing about. I thought Cisco was spelled with an S S Y. <laughs> and, uh, there's this, this recruiter was like, don't worry, we'll train you. We'll train you. Do you know what voice over IP is? And I was like, no, I, I have no clue. He's like, don't worry. They'll train you. They'll train you. Just show up in a suit and tie. Yep. So I started at this Cisco startup, you know, years ago. And everyone in my family was like, don't do it. It's a fishing net approach. You know, they hire everybody. No one makes it. And then like, I got in and I was like, Oh, it's true. It's so <laughs> true. And I was like, but I have to be the one that makes it because I actually am married and have kids and need to put food in the net. Somehow I made it. But, um, it's another another story, but uh, so we used to have to go around and and we were selling these Cisco iAd these twenty eight hundred series iAds back you know that where we were like you know SIP trunking is this new thing and it's called dynamic allocation and you know it's great because you know when you're not on the phone you can use that bandwidth you know <laughs> it's like yep. so anyways I I come into this this massive business um, campus these huge buildings, right? One of them is this big pharmaceutical manufacturing business, another huge, massive building next door. And I walk into this building, it's empty, multiple floors, just empty, except for one cubicle. There's one cubicle sitting in this dark building in the corner. And as I look on the wall across the entire, like a football field, like imagine like an empty, dark, massive, you know, office building. It's empty. It's gutted. There's one cubicle, a bunch of servers in the back, one old man sitting in this cubicle. And there's across the entire, like a ticker tape, like, like, like just a strip of paper, all in colors across the entire football field inside of this building across the top is the entire human genome. The entire okay. human genome. <laughs> I, I know exactly right. And I'm like, uh, so I'm like, hey, you know, they said hit every door, every floor. You gotta yep. go in and talk to these guys. Like, hey, man, you need uh, you need internet, you know? And he's like, yes, sit down. And uh, and like, I must have had a two hour conversation with this guy, which I was totally not supposed to do. And he's like, we do, you know, we do need internet. You see these servers here? We're running what's called the Elder Dollar. The Elder oh. Dollar. It was like the first like. I mean, it was a, it, it was a cryptocurrency. This is, I'm telling you, this is like 20 years ago. Nope. This is 20 years ago. This guy had invented some kind of cryptocurrency. He called the elder dollar. And he's like, look, every time you flush your toilet, I make one tenth of a penny. He's like, I, <laughs> I invented the, like the conveyor belt, whatever this guy, I cannot remember his name now. He sat on the atomic bomb, like the atomic uh, committee was, you know, he like, he knew had known Einstein. He was like there. And when I got back to that, someone was like, Oh, you met with old man Marley. Like, yeah, they did like, you know, the elder dollar. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> he got you too. But he was talking about like the, how he was going to like, you know, solve world peace, but it had to be done with, we had to focus on this, this cryptocurrency and it had to focus on, it had to tap into some bit of, 
of every human's vice. And he's like, and we can't use, we can't use sex because that's going to spread disease, but you know, gambling we could use and we could use, we can have these servers offshore and we're going to create, you know, this like utopia. <laughs> it's like, it, was, it was totally wild. But when I think back about it, I don't even know how we got on this subject now. Yeah. When you think back about it, you were, I think it was like behind the scenes and, you know, McAfee and stuff and, you know, what's, you know, what, what could really be and, you know, and then, you know, cryptocurrency and this guy was way ahead of his time and he had all these massive servers in the back. It was, it was totally wild. It was, yeah, like, I don't know where we go with this, but that's, that's what. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of those going on now. I, I remember, you know, I remember seeing, I went up to Illinois Champaign to see the, the first go of Mosaic before they released it uh -huh. for the browser and thinking, and, yeah. wow, this is, this is wild. I, I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> I, can't do I, 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 I think everything was like <laughs> in the early days, it was just wild, wild west. When you're a kid, yeah, I was, you know, oh man, the, let, let's go back in time for a minute. We haven't done yeah. this in a while. What was your first computer? How did you get started out in technology? How do you, uh, you end up where where you know where you where you are? Because I don't, you know, it it still amazes me. And I say this probably on every show or every other show that we do. It still amazes me that we were alive before computers. Pretty much. Right. I mean, Pretty you can't much, really. Yeah. I don't think you can count the lunar lander as a computer. But anyways. That's now, another my, subject. <laughs> yeah, my first computer was uh, an IBM PC Junior with the side card on it. Mm. So that, that Let's was look this up. This is good because you, m almost everybody on the show says um, like Apple to E. Most people say Commodore. Most people are Commodore. Say a, a, yeah, Vic Twenty or whatever it was. But anyways, okay, go ahead. So IBM Junior, IBM PC Junior, IBM PC Junior. We're googling this right now. And it had a uh, a side card on it, so you know you can oh, have that's the, beautiful. the extra and printing. That's beautiful. Uh, but, but that mm. was my first one. My uh, my dad was always a tech junkie. You know, he bought one of the first calculators that was you know five hundred dollars and it could do addition <laughs> and subtraction. Yeah, <laughs> and five hundred dollars was a lot of money back then. That was like, oh yeah, <laughs> two you know? grand or something. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I look back and it's like what. <laughs> You, know, you spent that much money for a calculator that can do, you know, addition and subtraction. I what think it had multiplication. I'm looking at the sidecar on the back of the sidecar into the PC junior, by the way, people can't yeah, see this. Just got to, I'm using description here. And yeah, I in think big letters, it says 512, port. it says 512 K space yep. PC junior. And I would say it's about the size of, let's see, he's holding it in his hand. It's pretty big. I would say it's about the size of a VCR, maybe uh, a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. Yeah, it's the, the size it is, but it wasn't quite as thick as a VCR. Right. But yeah, you could just, you would mount it onto the PC Junior. Uh, I think it did add some additional memory. Like four uh, giant Hershey bars, four giant yeah. Hershey bars stacked on top of each other to the side. Slap yeah. it on the side of this thing. Slap it on yeah. the side. I, I remember it had, that's what we... We had to buy that in order to get the dot matrix printer because it had the parallel port on the back yep, of it. Yep, very nice. So you could run the dot matrix printer on it. Uh, this, this stuff never gets old. No, it, um, I, I really wish I still had that PC. Everyone said, I wish I had mine. I wish I had my Texas Instruments, my my Bill Cosby computer. 
The um, <laughs> there's well, a uh, yeah. The I'll bus adapter. How about the ISA bus adapter? That looks nice. I bet you didn't have oh. that because that one has a that one has a um, looks like almost like an Ethernet cable. Did we even have Ethernet cables? No, there? we did not have Ethernet. There was no Ethernet cable. It must be an RJ11 that's being plugged probably. In. Yeah, because mm. it probably had the. Mo- I think there was a modem that you could buy for it also. So uh, I don't know what the modem was going into. Um, well, actually, I do. Messaging uh, had to be some local messaging system. No, so actually, uh, I was never we, cool enough for. Yeah. Well, we got the modem because uh, the company my dad was working with worked with Walmart, and mm. Walmart had put their started doing their inventory on computers, and he mm-hmm. had to log into their system in order to pull data down. So. Mm. And I think that was why he had the modem on the PC Junior. This thing actually had some games, had some legit, like, uh, like a let's see, a four colors. You had you had two different types of video, sixteen colors or four colors. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that means from a technical standpoint. You'd probably know better than me. I, uh, I had nice green characters running around, and actually, it, I had white characters running around too. So, we had chess. We had chess. It looks like, yeah. um, yeah. yes. I'm trying thing? to remember what the one I had. It, it was like it was a mine thing. They had people running around, and you press the the down, and it would dig a hole. So something chasing you would fall in the hole. And dig dug. It, it wasn't dig dug. That was my first time, but it wasn't dig dug. It was like something. Like, I something. Say, along I want to say lines. like a minesweeper type thing, but it's not the Microsoft minesweeper. But you know, I, I remember as a young kid playing that. So so. You came from a family of tech. What did your dad do? Uh, he was actually a sales manager. So he was in sales. Um, but he was a tech so junkie. He, he was a tech junkie, yes. So, But uh, he didn't do anything tech related other than he was the one that, like I said, when they were working with Walmart, uh, he worked with them to get his system connected so he could you know, interface. So was he like a motivational system. dad? Was he like a motivational dad or like, you know, what was like being the son of a sales guy? Yeah, he, he was. The, the only problem yeah. is, is he was on, he was out all the time. He uh, had to travel you know, he, back he, then. He, he, yep. He traveled Monday through Friday. Uh-huh. So, you know, it would just be the weekends pretty much that you'd get to see him. And, you know, depending on what sport I was playing and what my sister was doing and, you know, it's, he didn't have a whole lot of time to go through that, but he would always, when he was in the office, Oh, come here and take a look at this. And, you know, I'd, I'd go play on the computer for a while. And, uh, you know, I had to, had to make sure, you know, back then you could play on the computer and you didn't have to worry about a whole lot. You could delete files, but you know, yeah, you, you had to know how to, yeah, you could, that. you could it forget to click save. You could, that yeah. was it. You could forget yeah. to save things. Yeah, there there wasn't any issue of if I'm on there surfing a different site that I could download something onto his PC. I mean, there there was nothing. No one cared. No one cared. Know. The most, and I still am blown away by the fact that uh, email back in the day, you could look up like in the global address book. Yeah. Anybody. Uh, yeah. Can't do that today. Can't just search. No, Can't just I search just, Johnny Mullen. Johnny yeah, Mullen. Well, uh, where's Johnny Mullen at? Oh, these days. Oh, he's over here in uh, Minneapolis, and here's his email. Let's give him an email. Let's see if this is the if this this is the Johnny the the Johnny Mullen. Yep. Yeah, you know, can't do that uh, anymore. Yeah, and it's uh, now you can do it on I, LinkedIn, I, though. You can do it on LinkedIn, and then you can and then you can uh, ransomware them. That's how we do it now. Yeah, it's well, not too far from the same know, way. Anyways, yeah, and that's the big thing is is 
you know, being when computers first came out, you know, we didn't worry about security back then. You know, th there was nothing you had to worry about. Uh, my first job when I got into uh, working on the networks mm -hmm. and had to install fiber. And I'll never forget that the government came in and said, well, we need somebody every six feet watching the fiber cable to make sure somebody doesn't break into it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I have this ring throughout the building. Uh, and they quickly oh, yeah, came yeah. back and said, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> Or, uh, while it was being installed or literally every or or 24 7 initially they said literally i had somebody i needed to have somebody watching every six feet of the fiber for a packet uh, sniffer like someone was going to put a packet sniffer on or for, something for or anything what? yeah it was you know really for anything and at the time you know fiber was fairly new and mm -hmm. people didn't know what it was going to take and the way we got around it this is telling you how easy it was back then is you put it just into you know a plastic conduit when we did that it was like okay it's fine and i'm thinking it's easier for me to get into that plastic conduit than it is to get into the fiber all right steel but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but you know it's so but you never worked a good about point that. that's a good point it is easier to get into conduit than it is to than than to get into the fiber the, the fiber is delicate it breaks yes well yes. you have to know which you know, fiber you're wanting to get into and then you got to, you know, splice them together. And so, yeah. Splicing but, uh, fiber is not easy. And then, you know, you got to have the special kit and then, yep. uh, yeah, it's not, an, yeah, it's not an easy thing at all. So fast, fast forward to today, which is, wasn't that, wasn't that many years. It's amazing uh, how fast we've come. What yep. the, what, for what's your biggest, I guess, I don't know, single biggest frustration problem concern when it comes to you know it leadership in general and how do we overcome that uh, again uh, it kind of gets back to the, the company looking as it as a cost center um you know that they, they come in and you know they don't want to talk to me unless they have some special project or something's broken and when i come in especially for the security um we're trying to working with the government we're going to have to become cmmc certified which is the uh, cybersecurity maturity model that's getting ready to come out probably next year and in order to bid on government contracts or dod contracts you have to be cmmc certified well there's a lot involved with that and the cost right now is extremely high and trying to justify those costs to the executives where you know, I may have a million dollar contract with the DOD, but it's going to cost me $200,000 to put in the security requirements. Um, how can is you it, justify that? Once you put it in, is it one and done or is it every single contract? Uh, every single contract. Well, it's one and done. It meets all the contracts once you have it in there, once you have mm -hmm. the CMMC. Um, can you spell that out? Because I'm just, I'm a little ignorant. I, yeah, I, it's... I, Go ahead. It's it's cybersecurity, so that's the C. Yep. Uh, maturity. Yep. Model certificate. So C M M C. Got it. And and really, that's I I, I I lived down in Virginia and around D.C. and around the Beltway for a long time, so I've seen 
crazy stuff. Um, and I've seen a lot of government contracts and a lot of 8A, you know, uh, 8A Alaskan tribal native, you know, get around different contracts that way. I've, I've, yep. I know a lot about how it works. And then I eventually decided I don't want to deal with any government contracting whatsoever at all. Um, so I guess, um, good for you guys. <laughs> yes. well it's well, like uh, i said because it, it, you need to know a lot there's a lot of paper pushing there's a, i mean i remember walking into like a whole building of lawyers like you'll see huge buildings of just lawyers in dc and you go in and i remember there was like a whole like a, just an, like a couple lawyers in an office a massive office empty with all these chairs and seats and everything we're like what are you doing well they're like once obama passes this particular law or something we got to be ready for this and then we're gonna bring all these people in we're gonna make phone calls and phone calls and phone calls and phone calls and we're gonna make all this money yep and from and one one law from one law we'll employ yeah, and, thousands of people and i was like this is how it works i guess this is where all our money goes hmm yeah the the government's oversight on that now you know i will caveat that this is a good thing for them to do no, no, I'm um, not saying so this particular protect. situation, you know, uh, you know uh, asterisk, 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 but no, this is not CMMC. I'm not saying this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's just that the cost of it, um, you know, by having everybody have to do this uh, mm -hmm. to have a government or a DOD contract, um, I think they said there's like 70 to 80,000 defense industry base for selling to the government. And they're looking at maybe losing as much as half of that defense industry base because they will not be able to meet the CMMC certification. Um, when I first started talking about it, I mean, they were, I was getting quotes for an auditor to come in anywhere from 200000 to $500,000. This is really good because, I mean, this is a really good subject. And the reason why it's such a good subject is because there's this there's this no it doesn't make the company money right there's this there's this perception that it cannot make the company money we're a cost center we can save the company money we can make the company more efficient but we never really are the sales guys we don't increase sales we don't create products we're not r d we're not this no in this particular case if it can find a way to do this faster better than everybody else it opens up a whole new stream of revenue so to speak yeah. well and this has for us uh because as i mentioned the government's coming to us because we're u.s based and there's a big push that they want to bring all this stuff back in whether it's it or anything else they're trying to bring back into the uh from china to the united states you know and if trump comes back you guys are golden Yep. And I am not and a political guy. This is not a political statement. And I don't even vote. Everyone can yep. beat me up for that one. But um, yeah, having everything yep. U.S. And made, having this, and it, yep. it's just, yeah, it's a big deal. And, and having this security and getting this, you know, certificate is just going to open you up to, you know, possibly a lot more contracts because let's say there's two of us that build secure servers. We have the certificate. The other company does not. Well, the government is going to say, we want the certificate. So all of a sudden, you know, our sales are going to increase because the other company can no longer meet that certification. Yeah. It's and like, we sure get it because we're the only, because we're the only ones. 
or right. one of the very few. The, one of the very few for it. Yeah, we need to do a CMMC. Uh, we need to do a CMMC spotlight. So anyone out there that um, wants to come uh, charge people ridiculous amounts of money, two hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollars to uh, CMMC certified people, um, you can reach out to Phil Howard at Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to charge I, I, you a hundred thousand dollars just to be. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I think the the. The prices have gone down. I, I think they realize that. You yeah, know, they you threw have, out a massive, ridiculous number at first. Like, let's see if they bite. Okay. Oh, don't worry. We'll cut it in half. No, no, yeah. no. Today only, if you sign before the end of the year, uh, it's 50% off. Well, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of this came out because, you know, if you do that to, you know, a Lockheed Martin, a Boeing, any of the major primes, okay, that's not a lot of money to them because they're multi billion dollar companies. But if you try doing that to a company that makes a particular widget for a plane and they're the only ones that can do it, and it's a mom and pop shop with two employees, their contract is for $200,000 a year, they can't afford $200,000 for an audit. It's such a real thing. That's such a real thing. There's the government looking to buy. They need six of these things. One company makes it. It's a particular type of swab that cleans a lens on a machine that the government needs. So they're only going to buy it once. So they might as well buy 200,000 of them. And then we need a special contract vehicle to sell this to the government. It's crazy. It's an insane system. It's completely wild. And if you don't know that world, you don't know that world. But if you do know that world, you know that world. Yep. And And there's whole groups of people that just sit around making that little contract vehicle happen to the government. And they're just waiting to take like the, what someone's trash is someone else's treasure type of thing. Like these little small contracts that are only $200,000 that fall off the table. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Um, You know, I started my career working with a a defense industry. So I I knew about that. And then Mm -hmm. I got out of that and I thought, okay, I no longer have to read those hundred page documents that Mm -hmm. make absolutely no sense to me. hundred pages small, (laughs) hundred pages small. If you looked at the, some of the old NASA documents, I think they were like, 20,000 pages. Yeah. And like insane, like insane, you know, what, what RFPs and stuff like that. Responses yeah, to I've, RFPs. Well, just working towards this certification right now, I think I've got like 20 documents that are all referenced. And I always talk to my boss about it saying, eventually I'm going to end up back to the same one because they always tend to reference each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a circle. I start with this one and it references this. And then I go all the way back to the end and it references the initial document. Uh, hmm. But we there's always try. warnings. You just made me think of a chat GPT request. I uh, wonder, <laughs> I wonder, let's just go try this out while we're on the show. Can you write me a, I don't know, 100 page <laughs> RFP response by any chance? Is it even possible? Um, let's see here. Your bots. We're going to go to what, what, what bot should we use? Should we use chat GPT four? Should we use Claude? Let's use Claude. Claude two. Okay. Nope. They're going to try and charge me. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Chat GPT. Let's do instant 100,000. Claude, let's do the old version of Claude, which I think Amazon just invested like 5 billion in or something. Yeah. Um, can you write? me and we're going to say for dod it's probably gonna be like no right yeah. me an rfp response for a dod contract let's just start with that let's just see what it says 
Here's a draft RFT response you could use as a starting point for a DOD contract. Dear sir, madam, response to RFP for insert project or contract details. Thank you for the opportunity to submit a proposal to respond our proposed solution and management approach is as follows. Technical approach, provide one to two paragraphs outlining your technical solution, how it meets. Okay, management approach, outline your project management. This is not that bad. Key personnel, include names, roles, bios of key team members who will work. Past performance, provide two to three examples of relevant past projects with similar scope, including details of customer content. So then we'll just take that. We'll take, okay, can you give me two to three examples of relative scope? We'll put that in the chat. GPT. Pricing, uh, provide your all-inclusive. Not too bad. I'm, I'm surprised it even said yes. Well, I, I wonder if you start putting in all the clauses that that'll just, you want to give me some examples? Up. You want me to, I can, I can move on. Give me some, you want me to throw some, uh, let's, uh, you, can, you can add, um, let's see, well, let's, let's start with the main one, the NIST. Well, actually, yeah. NIST 800-171. NIST? NIST. Uh-huh. Can you, what do I want to say? Can you add, can you or, add in? Or just NIST? say it has to meet. It has to meet NIST 800-171 security NIST requirements. 800-171 security, anyone that trusts this, but this just goes to show you how we can, I don't know, maybe hack the system. I don't know, requirements. Yep. Can you add in NIST 800-171 security requirements and provide an initial initial 10 bullet points that must be met? It must be met and ah, make stuff up here. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's an updated RP response template with an added section addressing the NIST SP 800-171 security requirements. Access control, awareness and training, audit and accountability, configuration management, identification, authentication, incident response, maintenance, media protection, physical protection, risk assessment. That's it. Yep. Boom. Briefly describe your process and controls for meeting each of the 10 requirements. Yeah. And there's a, there's a total of about 300 out of those, those 10 domains. There's about 300 responses that you have to do. So, uh, so fun. So real fun. So again, I don't know what this accomplished for us today, but it just made us realize that, look, oh, here's how we're going to, here's how we're going to tie this all together. Um, give me, um, give me the, Give me the estimated time it will take to put all this together and how, this is the key, how I can ask executive management. That's how we really do everything over here at Detective yeah. Popular IT Nerds. <laughs> um, and how I can ask executive management for more money money yep we're just gonna we're just gonna be blatant about this blatant initial review of rfp requirements two to four hours developing technical solutions and details eight to 16 hours this is vastly under can you yeah. multiply <laughs> writing management and staffing plans eight to 16 hours developing pricing model four to eight hours gathering preparing past performance examples eight to 16 hours review total estimated time 40 80 hours yeah right in yeah. terms of existing executive management for additional funding to supporting proposed responses okay set up a meeting to brief leadership on the opportunity and your initial assessment that represents significant potential revenue growth mm, i like that revenue yeah. growth which you already mentioned uh earlier and yeah. quantify the contract value and margins if awarded to demonstrate potential impact on financials Absolutely. Emphasize the heightened competition level and importance of a polished, comprehensive submission. 
Right. Look, if we don't get this right. We're never going to get these contracts. Present a detailed budget outlining additional costs for security validations, custom solution development, supplemental staff and consultants. Nice. Highlight risks of an under re we look, we have just taken every IT director out there that didn't even think about how to convince executive management that uh, IT has something important. And we have told them just go to Claude 100 K. Don't even pay. Don't even pay for the additional piece. And yep. boom, you're now the CTO. Yeah, that's, and like <laughs> I said, I, I've got it easy on my side right now uh, because we do the secure servers that mm -hmm. my executives all understand the security and why it's needed. Um, mm. You know, yeah, for so those, you have it, this again, this is in an environment where they're bought in. Yeah. But for those, like I said, I've worked for others that all they looked is at is expense. And yes, I am protecting you, but I haven't had any problems. So why do I need to give you this money? And the, the theory was, mm -hmm. and, and this actually wasn't a theory, it was proven out. Mm -hmm. We got hit with the virus. I got money to finally get endpoint protection. Got hit by ransom. I finally got something to start protecting mm. for import or for ransomware. Mm. And but it was, you know, a, a battle. And the only way I could get it is when something went down. Man. And as an IT manager, that wasn't the way I wanted to work. Um, you know, I should have I've, a little department inside uh, inside dissecting popular IT nerds. It is like hire me to hack your executive management so that they'll approve your security budget. Yeah, I just, you know, it, it, <laughs> Will it's you please one thing. hack us, please. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and and the other thing is when we got hacked, uh, what was it? I was four 20 hour days. Now, oh, I can tell so, you, I'm so sorry. I'm so I sorry. can tell you, I was burned out after that oh, week. And, I wanted to quit. And yeah, and this was one of these that all I would get from the executive management was, have you got it fixed yet? Yeah. And I get that like every eight hours or something. And I'm like, oh. I'm working as fast as I can. There's me. I'm trying to do this recovery. And truthfully, it's such an unforgiving job. Yeah. Th there's not a lot you can do, especially for like ransomware. You know, you, you end up getting the response team involved. And so a lot of it is sitting there waiting for them to negotiate with the ransomware company or bringing down a backup. You know, that everybody talks about, well, I've got the backup up there. Well, if you got a lot of data, it takes a lot of time to recover those. And, you know, they, they don't put into the, you know, the executives don't look at that. I don't think of the time that we put in behind the scenes that uh, the executive management doesn't see. It's, um, yeah, that's the problem. That's the yeah. real problem. And no one solved that yet. Yeah. No I mean, one solved the, how do we make security, the job of security be the job that everyone thanks us for when nothing goes wrong and when everything goes wrong and we just barely save the company and bring us back online, they say, excellent job. <laughs> that's it. That's like the, it's if, the, if you get that, you're not working in IT. I, I um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so it's really what we need to do is just turn up a support group. And I think they are probably already, everyone already has the, I don't know, go on Reddit and, you know, go to yeah. the like, gripe section. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 you know, it's the, yeah. it's the, that, 
that I put the stick over my back with like the old handkerchief and, and um, like sandwich in it. And I walked out the door and I now live off the grid in a, what is it? A yurt? Is that what they call yep. those things? <laughs> yep. The in a yurt. Yurt. Yep. <laughs> a yurt somewhere <laughs> with a, uh, with, um, you know, some, the, the solar panels on the roof and a wood stove. And uh, you, I, you know, you, you don't even know who I am anymore. Like, you yeah, know, I just changed my name. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, things have changed and changed so quickly. Um, you know, I've gone to where my biggest concern was that somebody called me and said that their coffee holder was broken. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the uh -huh. joke over here. How, how many tickets did we get to congratulations? Yeah. And, and the, I have a cartoon going up in the book that's coming out very soon. I've got it right here. I've, I've finished finally all the little annoying edits. Now, okay. yeah, one of the cartoons in the book is, um, uh, congratulations, IT department, the hand dryer tickets are down by 13% this year. Yeah. So, well, this one, and I don't know if, if you were experiencing the, what the, the coffee holder was. Yeah. The, was, the, 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 are you talking about that? Like the, the electronic coffee holder, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. No. Like USB or something. Like that. <laughs> no. no, this was literally when CDs first came out. Uh-huh. And when oh, you would yes. open the CD holder, it uh, fit a coffee cup perfectly. Uh, yeah. And people originally thought that's what it was. Shut up. I know. And I thought that was like a joke, but <laughs> I actually, I had, I think it was probably, I mean, it was under five. It was like probably two oh. or three of them that I had that. And literally you go in there and they put the coffee on it and it bent it. So the drawer wouldn't go back in and that's what was broken. <laughs> but yeah, real. I mean, I've, I, I've had some of those that people talk about as jokes. They didn't start <laughs> out as a joke. Yeah. And I really wish that nowadays with the security as it was, I could say it was a joke, but it's just mm. gotten a whole lot more, you know, a lot more things that we have to oh. protect against. I actually cried a little bit. I actually dry some tears. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I've had some. I've, oh, the fun I'll of never, other people's experiences, other yeah. people's whatever. I don't know what to call that. Yes. Yeah. Well, another one was I remember having my uncle called me once about his speakers not working on his computer. And I'm sitting there trying to troubleshoot and help him to figure out what it was and couldn't get it to work. So I told him he was going to have to contact the provider, which in mm -hmm. this case was Gateway. I don't know if you remember Gateway computer. Of course I do. Gateway uh, was my first Pentium. Was it? Yep. Yeah. You know, they came in. They came in. I had a three D six before that. Yeah, yeah. Three D six before that. Yeah. My I built it from some weird, you know, the the computer that I had before that. I don't even know what the brand was because we ordered it from you know whatever PC magazine and built it together. It was some random yeah. thing. Anyways. Well, he he called me about a week later and said they found out what the problem was. It was an issue with the mouse, and I'm like, how did the mouse affect the speaker? And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, not the computer mouse. There was an actual mouse in the speaker. Oh, man. <laughs> so I told him, I, I was like, that's what happens when you buy a computer from a company that builds them out of barns. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I mean, that, uh, but, that's another real thing is like other people that have opened up computers and they're like filled with, oh, like, you know, like there's yeah, like a whole meme. I've, I've had that. that. Yeah, I've had that you know, out of warehouses where mm. computer starts acting or something smells like it's burning and you go out and find a, a mouse nest in the, the computer. That's why you always put those uh, braces back in. Don't, when you take a card out, 
Yes. Put the brace back in. Don't let them fall through. And a and a bar of um and a bar of Irish spring and a few mothballs. And you'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, been, those, uh, those are the old days. <laughs> this has been uh, you know this has been a pleasure. Um, yep. The what was I going? I did have. Um, are you, so? The, what does the future hold for us? Uh, doom and gloom and and dark nights, darker nights, or. Um, I, I have, I happen, I used to be a very positive minded person, but I'm, I'm more and more, more and more, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, no doom and gloom. Yeah. The, I, I don't see any result to help with security. Um, <laughs> I, I really, <laughs> I really don't it. because, you know, as much as we do to protect, I've yep. got people on the opposite side and a lot of times they're a whole lot smarter than we are. It's just things. easier. It's like going to the dark side. It's like going yeah. to the dark side. Like, let's just be honest. Like, um, we're going Darth. We're going Darth. Yeah. And you know, with with all the systems, um, if Anakin, even, if Anakin went, if Anakin went to the dark side, what hope is there for us? Right. And, <laughs> it's uh, like, <laughs> well, and so everything's becoming electronic. <laughs> yeah, everything's becoming electronic. So you know where it yeah. used to be. I had to worry about a computer. Well, now I have to worry about a computer and a phone. And oh, the phone and the video system. Oh, well, guess what? Now my coffee pot's connected to the internet. Now yeah, I, have I can to worry someone about can do that. My my friend and I used to just drive by with the with the universal the universal garage remote. Oh, you know how yep. many channels he used to have? To, I mean, he only had to swing through so many channels. I mean, back that was just stupid stupid teenagers. Yep. I mean, we weren't even teenagers. We're even seventh grade. Yeah, we're teenagers. Thirteen. Just you know, well, actually, no. I had to have a driver's license or even a, was a bike or something. You could just drive by people's houses back in the day and hack the garage door. Now yep. it's now it's everything. Now it's like, hey, let's turn their faucet on. Let's turn their lights off in the house. Let's do. Um, it's pretty. Uh, you know, I think a pacemaker has been hacked. I think there's actual yep. evidence that a pacemaker's been hacked. Um, yeah. Ins- insulin was hacked and killed somebody. We're screwed into the insulin. Uh, it, it's just, you know, we're, we're going so much and, you know, that doesn't even bring into the AI, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with that. Are we going to, I still got to have my AI. I still got to have my <laughs> AI PhD friend on the phone or every time I talk to him, when I see him, he's just like, no, we're done, Bill. We're done. Yeah. He's so, he's so like, he's <laughs> so like, you know, thinks like, no, we need to, we need to, we need to get, get on the good side. We need to battle. We need to fight back. We need to make sure we're there on the, we need to make sure we're there. We're on the front lines, on the front lines, you know, uh, Python and some other stuff. And, you know, right. any of these things he's talking about, do you have any idea what they can do now, Phil? Do you have any idea? We need to be on the front lines. We need to be the good guys. Like, okay. Yep. I know nothing yeah. about that. <laughs> I can't do any of that. I just have, I'll have you on the show. I'm going to have him on the show. Yeah. I'm going to make it as if just going to be the dark days. We're going to call it the dark show. The dark show. So it says um, very fun. Very. Uh, it's been great having you on the show. Any um, piece of advice for anyone out there? Um, you know, um, I don't know as far as security pieces, or if you had one piece of advice or your one trick of the trade or something that you could give to the listeners out there that they need to do at work. Yeah, really what I would say, you know, try to become part of the the company. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that a lot of times they put it, you know, in the back room and they don't understand what you're going through day to day, whether you're the it director or your desktop support. Um, it, it seems to be, you know, in the back room and they don't want to think about it and you don't hear a lot until something goes wrong. 
So try to get in front of the executives and let them know what you're doing. Let them know what your problems are. So they at least have some idea that what's the best way to something going on. What's the best way to do that? I would, because immediately I thought in my head of like all these creative ways we could do like a flat screen update. Hey, here's your IT guy working in live, yeah. live real time. Here's a, this is a real live IT guy working right now or a newsletter or yeah. something, you know, I mean, something funny or hilarious walking around. Like, I mean, I give out nerd glasses and stuff, walk around with nerd just, glasses and yeah. pocket protector, you know, like, Hey, yeah. I'm the IT guy. Just watch till you walk, you know, have show somebody on the screen walking in the server room and hitting the power button off. <laughs> Send out memes. And then, and then bring funny. it back up. Yes. Yeah. Do, uh, um, but no, I, I try to meet with my boss, who's the COO, and, you know, kind of give him an idea of what's going on. Because otherwise, you know, he sits up there and his computer works and he's doing what needs to be done. You know, he well, doesn't know what's going on. By the way, did you know if we get this certification, we could make this much more money? Hey, by yep. the way, did you know if we do this, we could save this much money? Did you know we could do this? Just speak in dollars and cents. Uh, you could have, I don't know, you can go to the Hamptons for an extra day this year. Yeah. So there, there, there's a lot you can do, but you can't do it sitting in the back room. You've got to bring it to the attention of people. Um, you know, most, most of the time you get stuff you get from users. Thank you. But yes. the executives don't know what's going on. Exactly. Johnny Mullen, everyone. Johnny Mullen, thank you so much for being on Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.